the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Wonderful. A very pleasant evening to you all. It's great to welcome you into fellowship this evening. Kingdom Abit. Kingdom Abit. It's, it's always a great delight to come your way with God's word and to fellowship with you at far distant places, wherever you are, whichever country you are in, this is a great time of fellowship. And I have no doubt that it, this broadcast will be a great blessing to your life. I want your heart to be open. God's word has power to transform us. The Bible said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every time we come into fellowship in the word of God, our mind is upgraded, our spirit charged. And then we are positioned for exploit in life. And that is what I hope that this broadcast will achieve. I know it's not that I hope. I know this broadcast will achieve in your life. Wonderful. Let's bow down your heads as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight we thank you. We give you praise and glory for the privilege you always accord us to be in your presence. It's something we don't take for granted at all. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of God. Because in your house is the fullness of our joy. In, our, in your presence is where our strength is renewed. In this moment of fellowship, we ask the Lord, renew our strength. Let no man or woman tune into this broadcast at this time or thereafter ever remain the same. Let your word come with understanding and revelation. Let the sick be healed through the entrance of your word. For you sent your word and healed them. Thank you. That this is what we have in Christ today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Great. I'm sure that you've been part. Unless you are very new to this series. This is a series that I've been running for over a month. And we are still not done yet. We are looking at attributes of true followers of Christ. Attributes of true followers of Christ. Under the broad series title, Followers of God. And our text has always been... Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. We read it so that you have an opportunity to keep and retain the word of God. The Bible said, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. So like you can see, that's where our text, our theme is coming from. Be ye followers of God. And we said that Jesus had two categories of people he attracted when he came on earth for ministry. He wanted followers, but he attracted some people who were pseudo followers. They were not genuine. And so we look at that in the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Jesus, at a certain point in his life and ministry, decided to part company with pseudo followers and to hang out straightly with followers. And we saw that in the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. The Bible said, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship 
and to go before him on the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus divorced the multitudes. In the Greek, the word sent means he divorced them. He sent them away. But on the other hand, Jesus constrained the disciples. The word constrained in the Greek comes from the Greek word anakazu. And that word means to force someone to do something against his will. So Jesus forced the disciples to do something against their will. Why will he free other people? Why will he divorce other people? Why will he relieve other people? And on the other hand, in one breath, he sends some other people away. In the other breath, he forces people to do something against their will. It was because Jesus, having walked with them for some time, realized that the multitudes had one attitude and the disciples had another attitude. And because he wanted to attract followers, he decided to hang out strictly with them. What were the attributes? Of the disciples or the followers that set them apart. And we've been looking at that. We started with the fact that they were decisive. True followers are decisive. True followers are decisive. We can't follow God with double-mindedness. We need to be singularly minded. We must believe that Jesus is Lord. He's a way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. We need to be decisive. That's key. Number two, we said followers are deep. These were now shallow people. He says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto them which are without. All these things are done in parables. So these followers were deep. They were deep in their love for God. They were deep in their commitment to God. They were deep in their followership of Christ. They were deep in their engagement in the ministry work. They were deep in sacrifices. These guys were deep. So followers are deep. And last week, under the same series of followers are deep, we started exploring from the life of one deep follower of Christ. Her name was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was such a deep follower of Christ. She is not listed among the 12 disciples. But when you look at her, she actually exhibited attributes, amazing attributes that distinguishes her as a true follower that even some of the disciples of Christ did not have. She was such a deep follower of Christ. So we looked at her life last week to explore what we could learn. And we said that there were five lessons we could draw from her life and apply it to our lives as true followers of Christ. What were these five lessons? Number one, we said deep followers of Christ accept, understand, and appreciate very much what God has accomplished for them through Christ. Many have been the great act of God for us. The Bible said God sent his son to die for us while we're here sinners. God has done so much for us. And the least we can do is to return that by loving him. In the book of 1 John 4, 19, he says, We love him because he first loved us. We have a responsibility to love God because he has shown us so much love. There's so much is done for us that there is very little we can do. No matter how much we do, there is nothing we can do that can come as close as what is done for us. Then number two, we said, dear followers give what is precious and valuable to God. Dear followers are not people who serve God conveniently. They serve God sacrificially. They give to God that which is valuable and precious. One follower in the Old Testament by the name of David, he said, I will not give anything to God that will cost me nothing. The service you render in the house of God, does it cost you something? The money you give to advance the cause of Christ, does it cost you something? Your devotion to God, does it cost you something? The righteous life you live for Christ, does it cost you something? Your followership of God must cost you something. 
Number three, we said new followers maintain their first love for God. You realize that when you meet Mary Magdalene, her first encounter with Christ was her last encounter. She never wavered. She never went back on her commitment. She was sold out to the cause of Christ. Number four, we said new followers see God for who he is and not what he has to offer. Many people are just bread and butter Christians. They follow Christ for what they can get. So if he gives them what they want, they are around. If they don't get what they want, then up they go. They consult mediums, they consult other things to get it. But listen, God is God regardless of whatever he gives or he doesn't give you. God is God. He knows the best for you. And he will give it to you in the fullness of time. God is never wrong. He's always right. He's always right. And sometimes in our natural minds, we are not able to fully comprehend it. It's because God cannot be comprehended. God must be obeyed and followed by faith. You can't comprehend God. The Bible said, Oh, the death, both of the riches and of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his ways. And it's past finding out. God's paths are past finding out. You cannot comprehend God. That's Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Now, we said deep followers are inseparable from the love of God in Christ. Mary Magdalene could not be separated. Even when Christ was dead and was thinking, she was still interested in the body of Christ. Nothing could, death could not separate. What shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ? The Bible said many waters cannot quench love. She was so deeply in love with Christ that nothing could put them asunder. I pray that in your devotion to God, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of Christ. May poverty not separate you. May sickness not separate you. May lack and want not separate you. May nothing, may, may lack of a husband, lack of a child, lack of a wife, never be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, precious. And today we are continuing. And in this session, we are looking at how do I become a deep follower of God? How do you become a deep follower? Mary Magdalene showed us five things that deep followers exhibit. How do we become deep followers of Christ? Number one, if you are going to be a deep follower, you have to be born again. Following God begins with the new birth. Unless you are born again, you cannot follow God. The power to become a deep follower is only imparted to those who are born again. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, he said, as many as receive him, he gave them power to become. Become what? Become disciples. Become true followers. Become addicted followers. May you receive power to become a deep follower. And that power is imparted to you when you get born again. That's why when you get born again, the Holy Ghost takes residence in you. Because this spiritual work, this Christian life cannot be lived in the energy of the flesh. That's why he told them, wait, tarry until you are endued with power from your heart. He said, you shall be my witnesses. You can only reflect me. You can only represent me. You can only live as true followers of me. When you are empowered with the Holy Ghost, you shall be my witnesses. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you, at 1-8, becoming a deep follower, start from being born again. Are you born again? Or you are just in church? There are a lot of people in our days who are playing church. They go to church and they come and they live their own lives. You may belong to a church. You may even be a leader in a church. But does Christ know you? That's more important. Whatever you do for God is not important if he doesn't know you. He said, I did that in your name. I did that in your name. He said, go away. I never knew you. I pray that that will not be your testimony on the day of judgment. May you be someone who truly knows him 
And to know God, all you need to do is to admit you are a sinner and confess him as Lord and Savior. And from that moment, you become a bona fide child of God. Heaven becomes your ultimate destination and nothing can ever make you lose your salvation. That's critical. Very, very important. Very important. So you have to be born again to start your journey of following God. You don't start your journey of following God or becoming a deep follower by going to church. After you have accepted Christ, you have to go to church. And sometimes, even in church, we accept Christ. So, going to church is important. But, belonging to Christ is much more. When you truly belong to Christ, you will also be interested in becoming a part of his family. But you can be a part of the family and not necessarily be born again. And I pray that if you are tuned into this broadcast, you are not saved, you make a commitment today after the broadcast to give your life to the Lord. Number two, develop your roots in Christ. You have to develop your root in Christ. If you are going to be a deep follower, deep followers have, are deeply rooted in Christ. Look at what the Bible says. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ. Where did you receive Christ? At salvation. When you got born again, you received Christ. He said, as you therefore have received Christ, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. You have received Christ. My question tonight is that are you rooted? Are you established in him? Are you that wavering Christian? You are on today, off tomorrow. Conditional Christian, when conditions are good, you are okay. When the conditions are not too good, you are off. Are you that devoted? He said be rooted, not just receive Christ and stay at home. There are people who have received Christ and they just stay at home. Now, in fact, those who believe that they can be born again and stay at home and still make this. Listen, you can't be a child of God and not belong to the family of God. If you are truly a born again child of God, then you have to be established in one family of God or the other, which is a local church. And so you have to be established in the church. I don't believe you can be a genuine Christian without belonging to the church. Because Jesus never affirmed so. The early apostles never affirmed so. Anytime anybody got born again, he quickly joined himself to a company of believers. He that walks with wise men shall be wise. A companion of who shall be destroyed. He that walks with sinners. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not the counsel of the ungodly. So if you are company is full of sinners, you live a sinful life. And to live a life that honors God, you need to belong to a family of saints that also believe and share the same values. So you have to be rooted in Christ. Develop your roots. And when I talk about developing your roots, two things are important. One, you have to be rooted in God's love for you. You see, the root you are talking about is no root that you build. The root are already there. Be rooted in God's love for you. Be convinced beyond every reasonable doubt that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. There are a lot of people who think that, oh, because they did that, they fornicated, they did that or something, they have cut out. No, 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 no. The love of God goes beyond that. God loves you regardless of whatever you do. He is a good God. He loves you. He loved you when you were a sinner and he still loves you even when you fall into sin. That's why when you fall into sin, the best person to run to is God. Satan would want to knock guilt on your mind and make you feel like God has rejected you. God can never accept you. Listen. The price for your eternal acceptance was paid by Christ Jesus on the cross. So as long as Jesus finished the work, you are eternally accepted. The only time where you can be disowned by God is when you choose to disown him. 
where you begin to declare that Jesus is not Lord, Jesus is not Savior, and somebody else or something else is God. That's when you'll be losing your salvation. But presently, now that you are born again, he says, whosoever cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That is how secure your salvation is. It's critical. Be rooted in God's love for you. You need to understand that. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 18. It said, I kneel in prayer to the Father. All beings in heaven and earth receive life from him. God is wonderful and glorious. I like the CV version. It's a beautiful version. I pray that his spirit will make you become strong followers. Ah, I like that. Strong followers. May you become the strong follower. You can type in the comment box an amen. Because this followership we are talking about is becoming a strong follower. He said, you have to become a strong follower. And Paul, in talking about becoming a strong follower, he began to talk about gaining root. And that Christ will live in your heart because of your faith. Stand firm and be deeply rooted in his love. Be rooted in his love. Listen, if there is one thing you need to be more than convinced about, be persuaded, be convicted about without any shadow of doubt. Hear me and hear me well. It is the fact that God loves you. He loves you today. He will love you tomorrow. He's forever in love with you. Yeah. He's forever deeply in love with you. He loves you so much that if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have still come to die for you. That's why you must not uh, worry about anybody who refused to accept you or who refused to love you. Maybe some lady, husband or so says he's no longer interested in you. You are feeling all dejected. Listen, God loves you. There is a supreme being, bigger and greater, who loves you. So those other uh, human beings who are not uh, of no consequence as far as your life is concerned should not disturb you at all. God loves you personally and badly. Number two, be rooted in the word of God. If you are going to be a deep follower, you have to develop your roots. And we are talking about being rooted in the love of God for you. Being rooted in the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Luke 8, Verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, you have to gain deep roots. You have to gain deep roots. When you receive the word of God, you have to gain deep roots. The word of God establishes you firm in God. The Bible says, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. The floods came, it stood because the roots were strong. May your root be strong in Christ. May you be rooted in the word of God. Nothing to be shaken. Because you see, you have to gain root in something that is unshakable. And nothing is unshakable in a world where everything is fast being shaken. Than the word of God. The Bible said, therefore, receiving a kingdom, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. In our kingdom, nothing shakes. The word has been shaken. But the COVID-19 in all areas, it's been shaking. Government have been shaking. Nations have been shaking. Economies have been shaking. But, oh, what a joy it is that the kingdom we live in cannot be shaken. And again, the word of God cannot be shaken at all. When you put your trust in the word of God, you cannot be shaken. They that put their trust in God shall be like Mount Zion, which can never be moved. I declare to you, shall not be moved. Nothing shall move you again. A song is coming up in my heart. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water side. I shall not be moved. When you are rooted in Christ, you cannot be moved. When you are rooted in the word, you cannot be moved. 
The Bible said the grass withered and the flower faded, but the word of our God endureth forever. That's why you cannot be moved. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Psalm 119, He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Oh, what a joy, what a joy, what a joy. You will not be moved again. So develop your roots in the word of God. Get to know the word of God. Study it, believe it, and then put your faith in it. And you see your life becoming rooted and grounded in Christ. Number three, prioritize intimacy with God above everything. Prioritize intimacy with God above everything. Seek to be close to God. Becoming intimate with God above everything else. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. You see, you will always get what you seek. If you don't seek it, you cannot get. The Bible says, seek and ye shall find. Dr. Magmedoc said, the proof of desire is pursuit. What you strongly desire, you pursue. The reason why you are seriously not pursuing God. In prayer, you are not seriously pursuing God. In the word of God, you are not seriously pursuing God. In honoring him, in obeying his word, is because you don't have a strong desire for God. I know that sounds hot and hard, but that's what it is. The proof of desire, I agree perfectly with Dr. McMedock. The proof of desire is pursuit. Whatever you are not willing to pursue, you don't have a strong desire for it. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. You look into all through scripture and you see that the people who really desire God, they found him. David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after. He said, oh God, thou art my God, early I will seek thee, my soul, followeth hard after thee. Psalm 63 verse 8. My soul followed hard after thee. No wonder he became a man after God's own heart. May you become a woman after God's own heart. May you become a man after God's own heart. As your soul pursues hard after God. Most of us, we go after everything, we pursue everything with all diligence except our commitment and dedication to God. If you are going to become a deep follower, you have to get your priorities right. Prioritize a deep relationship with God above everything else in your life. Above making money. Above your relationship with your spouse. My relationship with God comes before my relationship with my wife and my children. And once that relationship is intact, my children enjoy me, my wife enjoys me. Why? Because God fills me with his love. And I come to them and I express the love of God to them. The reason why you are famished with the love of God is because the deep well or the ultimate sea of love, where you must go and draw from, you are not connected to and if you are not connected to God, that's why I tell people all the time. Sometimes you meet a young woman, she's looking for somebody to marry, and she's considering everything natural, except the supernatural and the spiritual. And I tell people all the time, if a man does not love God, he cannot love you. If a woman does not love God, she cannot love you. Why? Because a man cannot give what he's not got. To love you the way God expects you to be loved as a woman, that person must experience the love of God. And then, he can as well express it to you. So make it a priority. Make it your priority. Your relationship with God, a deep relationship with God, intimacy with God must be your priority. That is why Daniel could not keep his mouth shut when they say for 30 days don't pray because it was a priority for him. It's something he had been used to. It was a part of his nature to speak to God three times daily. Give thanks three times daily. So they say 30 days, they say 30 days, even three days is too much. 30 days, I'll die. I wonder if you see intimacy with God like that. 
that if you don't connect, you will die. And I tell you, you may not die physically, but you are dying spiritually. Look at the long time you have stayed out of church. And look at how your spiritual life has been going now. Look at the long time you've stayed out of the word, studying the word, hearing the word, praying. And every time you stay away, look at the way your life begins to go on a downward trend. That shall not be the testimony again. Receive grace to rise up on your feet and begin to pursue hard after God without being distracted anymore. Number four, develop a workable schedule to maintain regular and consistent fellowship with God. If you are going to be a deep follower, develop a workable schedule to maintain regular and consistent fellowship with God. You need it. The Bible said, the Lord is now unto all them that call upon him. I like to play with scripture. I like to play with scripture. I mean, he says, the Lord is now unto all them that call upon him. So we can reverse it. The Lord is far from all those who do not call upon him. You want to be close to God, you have to have a, a workable schedule to maintain close fellowship, daily fellowship with God. And I mean daily fellowship with God. There are things you do daily. You brush your teeth daily. You bath daily. You eat daily. Even so, must you speak to God daily. He's the breath of life. The breath of life. The breath of life. When he breathes into you, you have life and you have life more abundantly. But without his breath, your life is not any meaningful life. But I see you live a meaningful life. May the grace of God come upon you to live a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life of profit, a life of impact. How do you come by that? You have to develop a workable schedule. And I mean a workable schedule. Something that fits you. And by the way, I mean a morning schedule. Things that are important are always done first. And if the relationship with God is that important to you, if you want to become a deep follower, making your relationship with God first thing in your life, then you will speak to God in the morning. I don't have a problem with evening devotion. But if it's coming in addition to morning devotion, that's perfect. But when you do evening devotion and there is no morning devotion, the day Satan can mess it up. In the morning, you are able to commit your day into the hands of God. You are able to shake demonic activities out of your day and be able to enjoy God's favor. That's why you must always start your day on the altar of prayer and in fellowship with the word of God so you can be guided. I wrote here, I said a deep relationship with God tribes on regular and consistent communication with God. Regular and consistent. Not that you start it after hearing this message in the next three days you are off. No. Regular and consistent. That's why I emphasize the point a workable. Workable. Something that is workable. Something that is sustainable. Maybe I should also add sustainable. Develop a workable and a sustainable schedule to maintain close fellowship with God. Because that's it. You do this basically in two ways. On the altar of prayer and then in the word of God. The Bible said pray without ceasing. Oh, I like it. When the Bible said we should pray everywhere. So you can pray everywhere. I pray in my car. I pray in the washroom. I pray when I go to the gents. I pray all the time I'm praying. Anytime I have an opportunity, I'm praying. There are two things I do daily. Pray, study the word, listen to the word, and then worship. These three things. They are always a part of me. Hearing the word of God. Audio Bible, hearing it. Messages, anointed teachings, hearing it. Hearing it. That's how I build my spiritual life. That's how I get myself in shape. That's how I sustain my spiritual fire. How are you sustaining yours? I pray that you buy into the wisdom of God and begin to apply these things into your life. Daniel had a schedule that 
permitted him to have a prayer meeting and daily fellowship with God three times daily. Almost the same as David. David said, as for me, I will call upon God. Psalm 55, verse 16 and 17. As for me, I will call upon God and shall be saved. He said, evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and I will cry aloud and the Lord shall hear my voice. Number five, invest heavily in your relationship with God. If you are going to become a deep follower, you have to invest. And I mean invest. 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 You don't become rich without looking for opportunity to invest. In the natural, much more, even in the spiritual. If you are going to become spiritual, you have to invest heavily in your spiritual life. Most of us who are doing well economically have made wise investments in this business, that business, this stocks, that stocks, and things are working. Thank God things are working. But are things working in your spiritual life? I bet you, if they are not working the way they are working financially for you, it's because the investment in your spiritual life is low. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. He says, Do not be deceived, God is no more. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. Now go to verse 8. I like it. He says, For he who sows to his flesh, those who invest in their flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap eternal life. Are you investing in your spiritual life? Every day you eat and eat and eat. Every week you eat and eat and not a day has even been set apart to fast to invest in your spiritual life. The way you eat to fill your belly every day. Are you eating to fill your spirit every day? Are you fellowshipping to fill your spirit every day? These are questions you need to take time and ponder. That's why the psalm says, Sailor, stop and think. Stop and think. Are you investing in your spiritual life? You hear of this business, you want to be part of it. You hear of this talk, you want to be part of it. Do you have the same approach to your spiritual life? Most of the time, you meet people and say, I, I really want to go deeper with God. Listen, going deeper with God is not cheap. Going deeper with God demands consistent and tireless investment. In it, the Bible says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So invest, invest, invest. Are you investing your money in the kingdom of God? Are you investing your time in the kingdom of God? Are you investing your energy in the kingdom of God? Where you become a heavy investor in the kingdom of God. That way your heart becomes rooted in the kingdom of God. And that's a mark of a deep follower. And then, number six, walk in obedience as a lifestyle. That's my final point tonight. Walk in obedience as a lifestyle. Look at what the Bible says. Luke chapter 8 verse 19 to 21. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. This is Jesus. And it was told him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do them. Do you see? Do you see how Jesus defined intimacy? I'm sure you read it. You may go back and read it again. He defined those who are deep in their relationship with him as those who hear his word. These things I've been sharing with you. The series will be on. Are you really doing them? Or you are just making notes? Oh, this pastor, he seemed to come with a lot of notes. He seemed to have a lot of scriptures to back what he states. Listen, that's not the point. The point is application. God's word is not for information only. It's for transformation. And transformation comes when we work with the knowledge we have received. Information is when you receive knowledge. Application is when you put it to work. 
in the book of James chapter 1 verse 22, he said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And by the way, obedience is the greatest proof of love for God. A lot of people claim they love God, but they don't obey him or they obey him conveniently and partially. Full obedience is the number one proof of genuine love for God. John 14, 15, New Testament translation. If you love me, you will obey my commandment. Again, John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. John 14, 23. All who love me will do what I say. All who love me. Do you do what he says? Or you just nod your head? Oh, it looks like it's nice. I mean, if I can tie it, I think it's fine. But if I don't do it, if I can go to church, it's fine. If I don't miss church, I mean, for the next two weeks, just because of business, listen. The Bible said, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So it can be, it's okay or it's not okay. No, it's not okay. It's not not at all. When you are not handicapped, when you have not been bound by duty and you stay at home and you pretend you are watching YouTube or Facebook, when you have an opportunity to be in the live fellowship with the brethren. Listen, I tell people all the time, this is not a medium that is designed to replace your fellowship with the brethren. It's supposed to be a medium to add on. When you have a difficulty and you can't make it, maybe you are sick, hospitalized in a hospital somewhere or something, then this becomes a good platform. You are in a region where you cannot access fellowship. Then this becomes a great platform. But when you are in the country where no bans are there, no lockdowns are there, and you are still staying at home, it's a proof that your love for God is not sure. And you are walking in disobedience because one of the biblical injunctions, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. I hope that this week your pastor will see you in church. You are just enjoying it without being in fellowship. Obedience is number one. I wrote here, I said, no one can enjoy intimacy with God without a lifestyle of obedience. No one, no matter who you are. You cannot enjoy intimacy with God without a lifestyle obedience. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 29. John 8, 29. Jesus said, he who sent me is with me. The Father has never left me alone because I do always the things that please him. I do always. I obey him always. When you live a lifestyle of obedience, the Father is always with you. You enjoy intimacy. Haven't you seen that? Anytime the Holy Spirit gives you an instruction and you go contrary to it, immediately you begin to feel as if he has left you. It's not like he has left you, but his manifest presence, you begin to lose it. You begin to lose it. To enjoy intimacy with God, you must prioritize obedience. Obey God. Obey God. And listen, obeying God will cost you something. Abraham, take now thy son. That was costly. Obeying God will cost you something. Sometimes it will cost you your pride. When somebody down, lower than you, has offended you and you have to apologize to him just to make peace, it will affect your pride. When your wife has done something and you expect her to come and apologize, but rather because you want to obey the scripture, blessed are the peacemakers, you take the initiative and though you are right, you go and apologize to your wife just to make peace and let the home be sweet and harmonious. It will affect your pride. But that's what it costs to obey God. Obeying God costs Jesus' life. What will your obedience to God cost you? No price is too high to pay to obey God. May the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord help you. May this broadcast change your level from glory to glory. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory 
success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor afwakwa please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afwakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information fellowship with us this and every sunday for our celebration services 7 a.m first service 8 30 a.m second service and 10 a.m our third service and on wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m at our church auditorium on the top floor of nanama ejakuma plaza opposite the unity oil station santa's runabout kumasi god richly bless you